Hello and welcome to At Home with Ashley G. I'm Ashley Gronwald, a real estate agent, mother of three, living in Raleigh, North Carolina with my husband, Jed. I hope you will join me as we discuss all things that begin in the home, such as family, marriage, faith, parenting, organizing, and plus a sprinkle of real estate. I look forward to building a community with you as we navigate the joys of owning a home and making it our safe haven for our family. Because home is where it all begins. Hi everyone, it's Ashley Gronwald with Hunter Row Real Estate, and I'm excited to join you today to talk about my 10 favorite books from this year. I don't know if you're an avid reader or not, um, but I definitely love to read, and so this topic is my top 10 favorite books of 2020. Now, I ended up reading closer to 60-ish books this year. I made a goal of 50, so I exceeded it. COVID may have helped that, thankfully, but I'm going to just give you my top 10. I will share with you, there's this really great app. It's called Goodreads that I have on my phone, and every time I read a book, I put in the name, and then I rate it, a star rating, usually three to five stars, but depending if, you, if you'll stick with a book with a one star, and then the date I finished it. Those are the only two things I put in, and then I just mark that I've read it so that I can see all the books I've read. And this is super helpful uh, when I go to the library when it's open, or if a friend asks if I'd like to read a book of theirs, I can look real quick on Goodreads and say, actually, I've already read that, because I don't know about for you, but sometimes just book covers look familiar, even though I haven't read it, or I just forget um, because maybe the book cover looks is different than um, the book I actually read. So anyway, I would highly recommend Goodreads and I'll put all this in the show notes for you, but the Goodreads app is amazing um, just for logging books. And then you can set a goal for how many books you want to read. I really want to get closer to a hundred books a year, but this year I did about 60 of a couple that I'm right in the middle of. I don't know that I'll be able to finish by tomorrow, but it's a great app to see what other people say about books. You can even link it with friends. So if you have a friend who's a great reader and you really want to know if they've read a book, you can look at their books. So it's a really good app to use to log books you've read. And then if you want, you can put a review. I don't take the time to do that or to take notes about the book and input it there. But it's more just for me to know how many books I've read this year. I put any recommendations of books on that app too. So if I have a friend that says, hey, have you read this book? And I haven't, I quickly put it into that as a to read book. So that next time I go to the library, I can just pull that up and see my list of to reads that I want to read. And then I can check those books out. So it's a really good place just to keep all of your books. Again, this is if you like books. And if you don't like books, maybe you can do with audiobooks or maybe there's an app for movies. My husband would probably love that. So anyway, let's get on to these books, but check out Goodreads. I love that app. My friend Lauren Strohofer recommended it to me years ago. And I actually sat down one day and inputted as many as I could remember from as long as I could have started reading. So I put in high school books I could remember in college and just estimated a date just again to have a log of all these books. So I think I'm up to almost 600 books that I could remember that I have logged in there. So really cool app. Check that out. But let's jump into my top 10 of this year. Now, again, my style may be very different than yours. One thing I will share is that I do not like fantasy. There is one fantasy book on this list because I had a friend who encouraged me to try. So I did again, and it was great, but I really like Christian living books, just like living as a Christian and what that looks like, gospel center books. I love parenting books, marriage books. I love anything really about the Holocaust. I'm just fascinated by that. So you'll see some of those things. I don't 
don't do as many novels, uh, mainly because I, I don't know, there's some productivity for me of learning tips. So I really stick to like those how-to type of books. I have done this top 10 books list for the past almost, I think 10 years now, where I've made a list and actually shared it with my friends. And so now, you know, the past couple of years, I've put it on Facebook, now putting it on the podcast, um, but I'll put it on Facebook as well. So let's start with my first one. And these aren't in order of my favorite, but it was easy to go to my Goodreads app and read through which ones I had the five star for. And that's where I went was my five stars. Threes are like, I'm not mad that I read the book. I just am not like moved by the book. And then four is like, this was really great. And then five is I will talk about it to other people. I'll recommend it to other people. I want to maybe have my own copy of it, those types of things. So that's how I rate mine on that scale. Um, using the stars on the Goodreads app. Okay, first one, Becoming Us, Using the Enneagram to Create a Thriving Gospel-Centered Marriage. And this was by Beth McCord. I kind of happenstance fell upon this book at the library. It was about the Enneagram and marriage and the gospel. And I thought, these are like three of my favorite things. So I checked that book out, loved it, highly, highly recommend it, Becoming Us. Again, all of these books will be in the show notes, but I don't have my own copy of this. So check it out from the library, get it from a friend. I don't like, well, you guys know I'm a minimalist, so I don't like to keep tons of books. Um, If somebody would have gotten me this book, I would have kept it, but I got it from the library. And so it's back at the library. So check that one out. But this one really talks about the different Enneagram types and how it relates to marriage and then how it relates to being a Christian. And so it was so interesting and probably catapulted me into my Enneagram journey even further. Um, And so if you're into Enneagram or not yet and are interested, this is a really great starting book even to to get into it. So Becoming Us, Using the Enneagram to Create a Gospel Thriving, Gospel-Centered Marriage, um, Beth McCord. And this one, spouses, reading it together would be really fun. Being in a book club with maybe couples would be really fun too. So both of those would be really great options that I would highly encourage. So that would be the first one. And the second one, and maybe a better starting for Enneagram was The Road Back to You by Ian Cron. He is kind of a Enneagram expert, Ian Cron. If you haven't heard of him, check him out. He's got a fantastic podcast. One of my favorite things from 2020 was his podcast called Typology. And he also has a podcast, The Road Back to You, which is the book I'm recommending. That book was fantastic for people just getting into the Enneagram. So if you, again, have not started and want to, or you've been into it for years, fantastic book, The Road Back to You, an Enneagram journey to self-discovery. And he really goes through each type so does the other book, but helps you kind of identify the the positive things of your type and then, you know, negative things that you have that you can work on. The one thing that I did do with this book was I went through it a bit on my podcast. So if you have more interest, check that out as, as well. But the road back to you and Enneagram journey to self-discovery. I did a whole podcast on kind of Enneagram getting started 101 type of thing. And it went straight from Ian's book. So check that out. I don't have a copy. Checked it out from the library. It's fantastic would definitely keep it if I had it. Gave that definitely a a five star. Loved it. Again, found that just kind of by going through the library option. So would strongly encourage it. Okay, moving on from the Enneagram. Those are my only two Enneagram books, but I really did love the Enneagram this year. It was really fun and 
helpful to my personality and hopefully to yours as well. So if you're into it, check it out. My third favorite book of 2020 was Walk to Beautiful. Now I will say I almost gave up reading this. This is a true story about a, a little boy who is ends up being homeless, has a terrible childhood. Um, I almost gave up reading it because it was becoming really hard emotionally for me to process it. But my friend Sam Anderson had given it to me to read. And she told me it's a little tough. Like there's some really hard stuff in it, but it's so good. So I texted her halfway through. I was like, I don't know that I can keep reading it. It's so dark, the heavy part. And she said, but there's so much hope at the end. So if you can push through it, which I did, and I'm glad I did. But the walk to beautiful, the power of love and a homeless kid who found the way. So fantastic. So if you have not seen that one or read that one, this kid becomes a famous singer, songwriter, performer, and finds Jesus through the the process. So if you are not familiar with that book, check it out. Walk to beautiful. Again, I'll put all of this in the show notes. So you'll have it. Um, to look at and to go to the library or maybe on Amazon to, to get some books for the new year. But definitely graphic, definitely um, deep, dark, heavy things that I have a really hard time processing. But in the end, so much hope and so much goodness came from it. So worth the read, Walk to Beautiful. That's my third one from 2020. Moving on to the next one. This one was from my friend as well, Sam Anderson, who said, I feel like you could have wrote this book, which definitely put a bug in my ear that now I'm like contemplating. Could I write a book? Because the whole time I was reading this book, I was like, I wish I would have wrote this book. And so she actually let me borrow her copy of this. And it's called, I'm failing at this thing called home. One busy mom's thoughts on changing the narrative, embracing possibilities and remaking home. And this is by Brooke Saylor, if I'm pronouncing that right. So I'm failing at this thing called home. And it was so fun, so good, so practical. Definitely for moms out there that just feel busy, just feel like I don't know that I'm doing it right or well. It's her perspective, um, just giving ideas to practical ideas on how to make home more of maybe what you envisioned home to be. So I would highly recommend that. I do have this copy from Sam. So if that's one you'd be interested in, that that is definitely in the top three of my favorites for sure. I'm failing at this thing called home. And it's even given me like this little bug to maybe even consider writing a book because I just love this so much. I would even consider doing something similar because it was so good. So if you're a busy mom, feel a little overwhelmed, feel like I don't think I'm doing good at this thing called home. This isn't what I pictured as a mom, as a wife, as a homemaker, as a working mom. This is such a good read. So I would really highly encourage reading it. Loved it so, so much. The next one is Seamless. And I believe I referenced this earlier this year, but this is a Bible study. So it's not technically a book. It's a Bible study, but I still put it into my Goodreads. Just, I want to remember these types of things. And it was so good that I almost would consider it like a book. The first time I read it, I actually read it like a book because I got it from the library and then realized it was a Bible study and I couldn't write in the library book. So I just read it from cover to cover seamless. And this is understanding the Bible as one complete story. And this is by Angie Smith. Then I asked a group of ladies from my neighborhood if they would want to do this Bible study with me. So during COVID, we did this together. The plan was to be in person. It ended up being um, via Zoom. And we just did it, even though we lived houses away from each other. 
in the evening after kids went to bed and we went through this and it was one of my all time favorite Bible studies. And mainly because it's painting a picture of the Bible from beginning to end in a way that helps you really understand the gospel. And then at the end, there's this awesome map that she gives of all the icons she uses through the whole Bible study. And I put some notes on there because I thought this is going to be so helpful as I walk with the Lord to go back and kind of see where these stories play a part in the bigger story of the Bible. I think we all come to the Bible just sometimes overwhelmed by where to start, how the stories connect. I think our kids struggle with that because they go into, you know, any type of Bible study setting at church or at school and they hear these stories, but they're, they're, separated from one another. They're not connected and they're having a hard time putting these pieces together. And then I was realizing me as an adult who's walked with with the Lord for 15 years or more at this point is still having trouble streaming these stories together. So she does a fantastic job. Um, I think you could even do it without the videos. I think the videos are good, but they're not necessary for the Bible study. So it is a seven week video based Bible study, but you could hundred percent do it without the videos. I did have a friend ask, could her co-ed Bible study group do it? And I said, yes. I mean, she is a woman, she's speaking to women, but the, the material is so rich that anybody would benefit from it for sure. So I'd highly recommend that for this year. If you have not done the seamless Bible study and she has some others too, and some other books, but by far, this is my favorite of anything Angie Smith has put out. All right, let's move on to the next one. And this one is so interesting. Again, from my friend, Sam Anderson, she knows my heart so well. This is letting go of Leo. It's like, what is that? She got this for me for my birthday this summer. And how I broke up with perfection. Now I don't know how to say this author's name. Simi Bodic, Bodic, Simi Bodic, maybe. Letting go of Leo. How I broke up with perfection. I again, if you could get a copy of this, I would, and I would keep it. I'm going to keep this. This will stay with me because this really spoke to her journey with an eating disorder. And I know I've shared that with you in the past. That this is part of my journey from high school. More so college is where I I found it taking kind of control over my life. And so she really spins it in a way of like, I've never felt so known. Um, I remember after reading the first couple chapters thinking, I want every person in my family to read this so they have a just a small glimmer of the struggle that I've had. And my struggle goes up and down. I'm not completely free, but definitely have freedom in areas and then definitely still bondage. So reading it, it was like somebody who understood me could connect with me and not, I didn't feel alone, isolated on this island. So if you know anyone who's ever struggled with an eating disorder, if that's something that's maybe not technically been a disorder for you, but has been something that has had a grip on you, let's say in maybe an unhealthy way at different seasons of your life, fantastic book, Letting Go of Leo, How I Broke Up with Perfection. And she'll explain who Leo is as you read it. I'm not going to give that away so you can fully enjoy the book, but love it and would highly recommend it. I'd probably put that in the top one or two spot for me because I felt so known, so understood, so wanting to embrace freedom after reading her journey. And she really sounds like she's come to a place of freedom. So that is always great when you're trying to embrace a a lifestyle of freedom versus bondage is someone who has walked that and then has actually experienced some of the the things that you're hoping to experience. So letting go of Leo, how I broke up with perfection. If there's any ones out there on the Enneagram might be a really good book for you just in general. But I think if you have that slant towards body image 
struggle food issues, it will be such a great read. The next one, this came from my friend, Amy Hoy. It's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. How to Stay Emotionally Healthy and Spiritually Alive in the Chaos of the Modern World. And this is by John Mark Comer. She gave this to me to read and I loved it. Our pastor referenced it this year, the sermon on it. So The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, which is kind of like an oxymoron of like ruthless eliminating elimination of hurry. And I loved this because my personality is just hurry, 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 busy, fast paced. I don't slow down for anything until I go to bed at night. I can't keep my brain from going so fast. And so it was really good to kind of think through some of the habits in my life and how those are robbing from being present in life. And then just giving us some, some ground rules, some ideas on how to slow down, enjoy our families, our work, our purpose, all those things. And it was a good year. I felt like to read it 2020 being one where we stayed home and it was more a, a slower paced life than any of us have been used to in the past. And so if you feel like you're someone who moves at a pretty quick pace, you're seeing your kids just grow up so fast without like being present and maybe just not liking some of the things about yourself um, in this hurried lifestyle, then I would strongly recommend it. He is a pastor. So he does come from a biblical spiritual perspective, just from thinking through what our modern culture and world has accepted and is even encouraged and to say, there's a different way to do this. And he agrees. He was on that train with all of us and went on this journey of slowing down. And I know for me, the most I want to see it is with my kids that I'm not just rushing them from every activity that I miss them, that I don't stop and look in their eyes and really relish the time we have together. And so it, it's a great read in that regard. So I don't have my own copy of that. I probably would keep that if I did, um, but Amy let me borrow it and I would highly recommend it. And then if you want more, like I said, our church had done a sermon and referenced it as well This in this 2020 year. Okay. Now I hope that you guys are going to share with me some of yours because I'm giving you my very best from this year, these 10. I need some really good ones for next year. So if you have some favorites, please share them. I want to read them. And if I've already read them, I will definitely let you know what I thought. Rebecca Balderas, thanks for joining us. She said her favorite book of 2020 was The Girl with the Louding Voice. I don't know that book. Can't wait to check it out. Thank you, Rebecca. So I'll put that on my list for 2021. Thank you. If everybody would share their favorite book or one of them, I would love it. Gosh, I'd have some great books to read and maybe have all five stars in my Goodreads app. Okay, number eight. We have a couple more here to get through. This was called Love Unending, Rediscovering Your Marriage in the Midst of Motherhood by Becky Thompson. This was so good and so challenging. I felt so convicted. I definitely need to read it again. This was lent to me by a friend and um, definitely um, encourages some changes in mindset and behavior, but, you know, thinking through just like what marriage looks like in the midst of mothering. But I even recommended this to one of my friends who just said, who had just gotten married and was facing some of the things that are a struggle in marriage. And I said, I know this talks about motherhood, but I think it's relevant to all women who are married. 
Um, and the story that the author tells about her grandparents and their unending love for one another was remarkable. And I don't want to give it away. So I'll let you check that book out, but love unending rediscovering your marriage in the midst of motherhood. Cause I think all of you that are mothers would say that being a mom and being married are very challenging and good and amazing. I wouldn't give up either of those gifts or the best gifts I've ever been given, but they do cause challenge and conflict and it's like keeping priorities straight of making sure you, the foundation of your marriage is strong and healthy. Otherwise you have nothing to lend to your kids when you're mothering them. And so not letting go of the foundation that you're trying to build from um, in your marriage. So if that's one, I think it would be a great one to read with other women. Uh, they do do a challenge in there. I think it's a 30 day challenge to really love your spouse well. I didn't participate in the challenge. I would love to read it again and do the challenge though, because I think it would make a um, huge difference to my marriage for sure. But I, for me, I wanted to read through it, understand the material, and then definitely go back and do it. Um, so if anybody would want to do that with me, I'd love it. Lauren Griffith just said that her all-time favorite book this year was Gentle and Lowly and the Nightingale. So I've read The Nightingale, which was great, and then Gentle and Lowly. So I'll have to check that out. Thanks, Lauren, for sharing that one. So now I've got two more books to add for my two, 2021 book list. So thank you. And again, use that Goodreads app because I can never remember books when people say, here's a good one. Just put it in your Goodreads app. I have it on my phone, quick and easy so that I can easily access it if I'm getting on Amazon to buy a book, which I rarely do, or go to the library, which I do much more often. So the next book is Anne of Green Gables. This was from my friend, Bethany Sierra. She had recommended it to me and I wasn't thrilled. I'll be honest. I was like, really? This doesn't sound like something I'm going to want to spend the time to read, but the libraries were closed. I went to all of my friends and asked them if I could do um, a library swap with them. And so all my friends were the best libraries to me during 2020 when the libraries were closed. And this was one that she highly recommended. And then I got into it and I loved it. It made my top 10 list. Anna Green Gables. And I only read the first one. That's the only one she had. I would like to read others. I went and found the movie and watched the movie and just became enthralled with it. It's just a sweet story. Easy, easy read. Anna Green Gables. I think it would be a really fun one to read like with Ellie when she gets a little bit older. I mean, yeah, just a little bit older so that she would stay engaged with it. But I think that would be a really fun one to do if you have daughters, I would think in the six to 10 year old range. I think they would love this and older too, but um, I think that would be awesome. So Anna Green Gables, so fun, so easy light, but really good story themes and different things to talk about with your daughter, I would think as you read that. And then my last one, again, not the last one of the top 10, just one of my favorites. And this was Silka's Journey by Heather Morris. I'm not sure if you have read that, but Silka's Journey by Heather Morris. She was the same author that wrote The Tattooist of Auschwitz, I believe, is which was one of my top 10 from last year is how I found her. So it's a Holocaust book. And then Silka's Journey has a lot of the same characters. So there is some overlap between the two. You could read them separately and never read the other and be fine. But they were both fantastic. But Silka's Journey by Heather Morris, Holocaust Survival Story story. Amazing, beautiful, lovely, horrific, 
horrific. Let me prepare you. It's interesting. I have a hard time processing, like I told you, these deeper topics and issues, especially when it comes to mothering and children. It's so hard for me, but I've been so drawn to the Holocaust since I was a little girl. My mom could tell you, we went to the Holocaust Museum in Washington, DC. My whole family is outside waiting for me. And I'm, I don't know how old I was, but young. And I just was so drawn in by it. And so I've read about it for years and just truly do love reading about it, even though it's really hard to process and so just traumatic. It is a, a great story, The Silka's Journey by Heather Morris. So check that one out. Lauren Griffith did say that the movies are wonderful. So Anna Green Gables, I think she's speaking about since that was one that we had talked about and it was so fun. Loved it. So these are my top 10 books that I read this year. I had others that had four stars, but these were mostly my five star books. And I 99% of the time, if I start a book, I'm going to finish it. But that's why I love to get recommendations because gosh, it is painful if you get started and it's an awful book. I do the vast majority of books I read are three star, even ones that other people highly, highly recommend and love. They're three star for me. So to be on my four or five list says a lot about him. I do read a lot of books and I am picking about what I like, but maybe if we find um, that you like you know, some of the topics that I read that you can get some favorites for you to read for this year. But please, if you listen to this now or later, send me your favorites from this past year or years in the past. I just would love to hear what books you're reading and then check out the Goodreads app. And I will put these on here. But if you just are joining us now, the top 10 books of 2020, Becoming Us, Using the Enneagram to Create a Thriving Gospel-Centered Marriage, the Road Back to You, An Enneagram Journey to Self-Discovery, Walk to Beautiful, The Power of Love and Homeless Kid Who Found the Way, I'm Failing at This Thing Called Home, One Busy Mom's Thoughts on Changing the Narrative, Embracing Possibilities, and Remaking Home, Five, Seamless, The Bible Study, Understanding the Bible is One Complete Story, Letting Go of Leo, Number six, how I broke up with perfection. Number seven, the ruthless elimination of hurry, how to stay emotionally healthy and spiritually alive in the chaos of the modern world. Number eight, love unending, rediscovering your marriage in the midst of motherhood. Nine, Anna Green Gables. And then 10, Silka's Journey. So these are my 10. I would be happy to share with you even my 10 from years past. Let me know, just reach out. And then please share in the show notes or in the comment section, your favorites that you have read or would recommend. So, so great being with you today. Happy new year to you and look forward to seeing you in the new year. Thank you for joining me today. And if you connected with something that was said, I hope you will share this with a friend, subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for sharing this journey with me at home where it all begins.